If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is People Safety and Horse Welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Our guest today is Gareth Mayer, who's from South Africa. Gareth is from Heartfelt Horsemanship in South Africa, and we're going to talk to him about natural horsemanship which is what his specialty is. He started off, he did some trail riding, he was working professionally in the industry. He was training horses, training them for trail riding and farm work, and then was a Western competitive rider as well. He's got a background as a professional musician, and now he just considers himself a musician because he's no longer a professional. He works with Jamie, and they've got a vision for changing the world one horse at a time. Um, how are you today, Gareth? I'm going yourself, Gareth. Yeah, good, good. Your favourite quote, Gareth, just so people can get to know you a little bit better. What are you going to use for us today? And my favourite quote is, the opposite of fear is not bravery, it is knowledge. Uh, Brenneman. Okay, so you don't have to be brave. You've got to know, just know a little bit more about yourself, your surroundings and the animal that you're dealing with. Yeah, pretty much any situation, the more you know, the less you fear. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Now, I know you worked a bit within trail riding and you're working in Western, but the whole field of natural horsemanship, when did you actually get involved in that? Um, you know, I've always had like an idea that um, things can be different and things can be better. Yep. Um, and I've done a lot of reading, but I really only started to see the scope of it when I met my wife, Jamie. Okay. Um. I was asked by the Appaloosa Society of Africa to teach them when I felt I didn't know much. Um, this was about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, well, can you bring in someone that can? <laughs> so yes. um, I often get teased that I found the pretty blonde. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it wasn't for that. It was for her knowledge. Okay. Um, and then we ended up starting a relationship thereafter. Okay, okay. So you were already teaching them and yet you felt that you taught them as much as what you know already. Yeah. 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 I was instinctually doing a lot of what I do now, but I didn't have an understanding of the why behind it. Okay. Um, so I didn't feel comfortable taking it further. All right. So, so really, it's Jamie's depth of knowledge that um, has influenced you as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, people who would like to get involved in training, you know, what sort of personality, what sort of core skills do they need to have? just to be involved in training horses? Yeah, um, empathy, patience, um, they're all important traits, but horses teach you that. I think um, if you're going to be involved in the horse industry in any way, resilience is your biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you lose heart as soon as you hit the first trouble, whether it's with a horse or with people in the industry, you're not It's the resilience. Horses will teach you the rest. Um, It's just the resilience to keep going. Yes, resilience is an important one, isn't it? You know, people discount it because they already naturally are resilient, you know, and they don't think it's a skill, but 
but they naturally are. You know, to just keep coming back and coming back, I think, is um, very important. It's easy to give up. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, you talked about working in the industry, or you know, we've sort of know that you worked within trail riding. What got you started with horses as a career, anyway? Um, I was actually working in corporate, um, a very corporate nine-to-five job. Yes, um, and I went through a personal trauma um, that made me question things, mm-hmm. and one of those. Uh, situations where I just packed up my stuff and headed for the mountains and ended up running the horse trails. Okay. But while I was uh, working running the, the trails, um, I was kind of shocked that people thought I had ex- like good abilities because I didn't think I was anything special. Yep. Um, and it really was just that awareness. And I, at that point, I decided, well, you know, maybe this is something that people need to um, that needs to be shared. Mm-hmm. Not not just some magical thing that only some people have. All it takes is being a little bit more aware. Yep, yeah, yeah. And then uh, people started sending their horses to me and I started teaching people. And then Jamie came over and we took it to the next level. Okay, okay. And you, you found that through personal trauma that horses have helped you. Have you found that with other people, that they've had personal trauma, that the horses have been able to help them through that? Absolutely. And um, a lot of the time we teach enforcementship but the horses are engaging in therapy the whole time. Yes, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, we think we're teaching them and they end up teaching us. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. What about, you've talked about um, Jamie influencing you. Who else has influenced you? Sure. Um, you know, being in South Africa, everything's kind of <laughs> so far off. So Jamie was like the first embodiment of this um Philosophy that I've seen, like purest form. But you know the, you know, the Ray Hunt, Tom Dorrance, Buck Brenneman um, school of thought, absolutely. Um, and then people like Karen Roth as well, like the more modern guys. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but unfortunately, that's always in you know, a video or a book you're reading. It's not um, in person. Yep. Um, I wasn't deeply involved in the competition world. Um, in fact, for a long time, I stayed away from it intentionally because what I'd seen of it didn't impress me much. Um, so my experience meeting Jamie and learning under Jamie was my biggest point of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think if it was one thing that you had to say, the first thing that you learned from Jamie, what do you think that was? What was the, the thing that you learned very early that you thought was outstanding, besides the fact that she was a pretty blonde? <laughs> um, well, I actually thought about this a lot when I when you sent me the questions. Mm. Like, it wasn't. I don't even think it's anything that Jamie can put into words. But I think my biggest growth has come from. Um, she, she has this completely different perspective that she doesn't put into words, and I don't think I can either. Um, every action she has with a horse has a kind of different feel to it, and I think my biggest growth has been trying to understand that unspoken aspect. So it's, I suppose it's feel. What Tom Doran talks about is feel and like mm-hmm. you can't teach feel. Um, trying to watch it from the outside and understand it, I think that's the biggest thing that she's taught me. Mm-hmm. Yes, teaching feel, understanding it, explaining it, 
and, and people want it on the timeline. Yep. Today I want to learn feel. Tell me about, you know, feel today. And and it just doesn't happen like that. Yeah, and, and it's only once you achieve it that you understand how important it is, but how it's not something that is just taught in one lesson. Yeah. It's an introspective thing. It's not. It's not a tangible outward feeling. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, so watching someone else and striving for it is as good as you can get um, until it happens. Now, with your career as a musician, because being professional, you would have had, you know, a fair bit of knowledge about that. How do you consider that to working with horses? You know, what can you bring across from being a musician? What can you bring across into working with horses? Um, rhythm. Okay. Um, I believe everything in horses' life is rhythm. When they're grazing in the fields and the herd, mm-hmm. they actually graze in time, and that's kind of their um, a signal from the herd that everything is safe. Um, a trot is, or a canter in rhythm as a herd is a sign of danger. So I think um, understanding what rhythm means to horses and having an understanding of horses uh, of rhythm separately does help being a little bit more consistent in how you teach or, and how you train as well. Yes, yes, it's something that I don't think anyone's actually said before. You know, the rhythm, you know, I'm just thinking horses, if they're grazing, chewing, hanging around, and then all of a sudden it gets a bit fast or just cantering around, and then all of a sudden there's a bit bit of a worry and a bit of a quickness about it becomes a, a problem. Yeah, and, you know, um, people often wonder why horses struggle working at the higher gates when we, if you're training through fear, because... They only associate a canter with fleeing. Um, mm. So we need to actually teach them that they can canter in a relaxed environment and it's not just going to come naturally. So there's little insights about rhythm that I think have been a blessing for you being a musician. Yeah, yeah. Have there been any particular horse that you think that has been a very big learning curve to for you? You know a particular horse that you've learned good things, learned what not to do, or just learned more about horses? Anyone that you'd like to mention? Absolutely. Um, my producer Stallion, Dream Hunter. And, you know, most horsemen will talk about that one difficult horse that made them think of things differently or made them try a different way. You know, Ray Hunt talks about Hondo. Um, I always kind of felt cheated that because I didn't feel like I had that because every horse that I dealt with was a difficult horse. Um, people always just associate natural horsemanship as, you know, that's what you do when you've got to sort out a problem horse. Um, but Hunter's Horses, the stud that bred my stallion, um, gave me the chance to train him. And it was the first time that I'd actually had a horse beyond the difficult point or just starting them out, and I took it to the next level. And it showed me how natural horsemanship can improve show, and por- show performance. It's not just to fix a problem or, you know, to make your relationship better for a general hack. It actually improves show performance. So the stuff that I learned from dealing with all those troubled horses mm-hmm. ended up having me win at a national level against better riders than me, just mm-hmm. from having that relationship and attention to a relaxed horse. And mm-hmm. so he definitely taught me, took things to a different level. So it's a, wasn't really that troubled horse that forced me to learn something different. Um, 
it was the horse that showed me that what I had learned from those troubled horses has a bigger part, part to roll than I ever expected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What makes you the happiest? Is it thinking about, you know, having a win like that or is it working constantly all the time with horses, with easy horses or troubled horses or helping riders with their horses? What makes you the happiest? The thing that is the most rewarding for me is seeing a change in the industry. So our uh, example is Appaloosa Nationals this last year. We had about 30 riders competing, and they were winning in their classes against top-level riders, winning championships. Um, Seeing it be commonplace for people to ride with more empathy and still win, um, it kind of gives you hope, and that's the most rewarding thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when you talk about change, the positive change. Yeah. If you were, you know, because just teaching and helping people, what do you think is a common challenge that they've got that you could turn into a training tip for our listeners? One of the things that I think people get tripped up on is, you know, a lot of the knowledge that we have in the horse industry is hundreds of years old and the formal education system hasn't really adjusted much. Mm -hmm. Um, So we still deal with that horses are unpredictable and um, I don't believe that at all I think horses are completely predictable once you acknowledge that and you make an effort to understand their motivation for every action training actually gets pretty easy and um, I think the horses are unpredictable thing becomes an excuse if they're unpredictable then we don't have to make an effort to understand them but now like, science is also supporting what these old cowboys have been telling us for 50 years is that you can predict them and it's your responsibility to learn to understand them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you make the the effort to understand them, you can um, predict them. Yeah, okay. It puts a different slant on it, doesn't it? Because it's always that horses are unpredictable, but horses don't do things for no reason. There's always a reason for what they do. And it's it's if you don't understand the reason, it's very easy to say, oh, they did it for no reason. But once you become associated a lot more about horses, you realise that there really is a reason for everything and, and horses act out of instinct. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and they give us free. Indications of when those instincts are going to come up, um, and working with relaxation with the horse. Uh, if you can tell a horse is not relaxed, we now have ways that we can get them relaxed, and we have a, a far calmer starting point. Um, and then when that instinct kicks in, we we don't go to the full crazy moments that get us in trouble. Yes, yes. If we push them to the point that we don't understand their actions. Yeah, okay. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. What are you looking forward to at the moment, Gareth? You know, you're doing a lot of work with Jamie. Have you got young horses coming on? Are you going, you know, I, I can see that you've got lots of information to give the world, but what are you doing to get it out there? You know, if, just tell us a little bit about what you've got planned in the future. Okay. Um, and over the last year, um, Jamie and I have co-authored a course on natural horse management. Mm-hmm. It's not just training. It covers all aspects from the training through to husbandry. And our hope is that this course becomes 
standard. And you know, last year it has really flown in South Africa. We've reached as far as um, Dubai, the Seychelles, into Africa, Norway. My hope is that this becomes standard in the industry and we see a new definition of what is normal in the equestrian industry, where riders are safer and horses are happier. Yes, yes, that's definitely important. Yeah, yeah. When you're saying, you know, what what's the most common thing that you find with horse behaviour that becomes a problem? I'm thinking for our listeners, you know, let's turn this into a lesson. If there's a particular behaviour, what would you say would make it predictable? What would you, you say that they could do if they're in that situation? Okay, so horses um, will only do what they think they need to do to survive or mm-hmm. what they think is the right thing to do. Yep. Um, but how they decide something's the right thing to do is when they're in danger and they react in a certain way. If they survive by reacting that way, that becomes the correct way to behave. So we have a set of principles that we apply to every situation. So rather than sitting and teaching people the mechanics of something, we say, well, uh, consider everything through these principles. And, you know, they're not new principles. It's been around since Tom Lawrence and Ray Hunt for teaching. As gentle as possible, but as firm as necessary. Because if you start as firm as necessary, you will never get any lighter. And never release on a brace, because that becomes, when a horse is bracing against something um, and you release, you're giving them that I survived by bracing. So you're basically teaching a brace. Um, Reward the slightest try. When the horse is operating out of fear, um, we need to acknowledge that we may not get the answer we're looking for, but we need to give them a clue that they're heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And there's something you spoke about earlier that the horse sets timeline. Um, if they're operating on fear or they've learned a bunch of things that don't serve them in the human world, we can't say when they're going to get through it. It's a, they've got a justified reason behind that behavior, yep. and we need to work them through it and let them take their time. Yeah. If we process every one of the every task we ever have through those principles, anything's possible. And um, there's no problem, horse problem that will come up or on the other side of it, there's no aspect of performance that you can't get right by processing through through those principles. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good philosophy. I'm just thinking if you had to sum it up just in one or two sentences, what would you say? Can you make it any more, sure. any more brief than that, or you know, is that all important parts? Yeah, I think I think the gentle possible as firm as necessary does okay. really cover all of it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it does go a little deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Look, good talking to you today, Gareth. I'd like to get you back, but also like to get Jamie back on the show. I think um, both of you have got a unique way in the world. Well, you know, you live in a unique place and a unique message. And I think, um, you know, just getting it out there is important. And it's important for the horses, not just important for the people. But, you know, when you think that the main benefactor of the horses, then um, it becomes an important message. So I'd love to talk to you again about coming back and get you back sometime in the future. That'd be great. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll talk to you a bit soon. Okay. Thanks, Lynn.
If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 